are enjoying the presence of the Lord. We've had great worship time in the presence of God. I'm so grateful for our worship team. They always come through with just uh, leading us into the throne room of God. And it's a wonderful, wonderful time. Today is a, a very special day in the sense that this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And uh, I have a few tidbits from my uh, humor book. So trust you've brought a smile with you today. Five-year-old Jane was late for school. Her kindergarten teacher met her at the door, the classroom door, and said, Good morning, Jane. I was beginning to worry about you. Why are you late? Jane handed her teacher a beautiful geranium and said, Sometimes I just have to wait until they bloom. So I have a feeling there's going to be some geraniums come to church here in a couple weeks. And people will be bringing them in, saying, Pastor, we just had to wait until they bloom. And uh, a teacher was sitting at her desk grading papers, and it was the first grade class that she was working with, and the students were coming back from lunch. And Alice informed the teacher, Paul has to go to the principal's office. So the teacher kind of looked out the window and kind of rubbed her face a little bit. She says, I, I wonder why. I, I don't understand why that would happen. And so this Alice responded to her and said, well, it's because he's a following person. The teacher said, a what? I don't, I don't, what's that mean? Well, it came over the loudspeaker and said, the following persons are to come to the office. He's a following person. You have your Bibles with me. Turn to uh, to get First uh, Peter, chapter two. First Peter, chapter two. It's so good to have you here today, and thank you for being here in the building, and thank you for tuning in. And I'm eternally grateful for those who have been very supportive of prayer through our time of COVID nineteen, and. Uh, it's beginning to spike again across America and in our communities and in our schools and in our homes and churches and pastors and whatnot. And to the grace of God, we have escaped a lot of it and we're so grateful for it. And so you that are home today, thank you for viewing. And you that are here, thank you for coming. And thank you for your generosity. It has been absolutely wonderful just not to worry about the finances. They just come in pay the bills, and, and God has blessed our church, and God is blessing you for your faithfulness, and I, that's my prayer, that God would multiply back to you anything and everything you give to God, because that's God's principle. He always multiplies back. If you have 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, some of you have it on your phone, some of you on your computer, some have the good old written word in front of you. 1 Peter chapter 2, Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Aren't you really glad you came to church today? <laughs> so what's it say? It says, rid yourself of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Say it with me. The Lord is good.
good. Let's try it again. The Lord is good. You say, Pastor, why do you have us repeat that? Because the devil tells you the Lord's not very good. Your carnal flesh says, you know, why are you in church today? I mean, you could have sat home. And it's, it's, we have to fight the flesh. We have to fight Satan. But you know what? We don't do it in our own power. God is there for us to help us to endure the situations of life. It says to crave the sincere milk. Get, you know, get rid of the malice. Get rid of the deceit, the hypocrisy, the slander, the envy. Get rid of any of those things that are sinful. Just remove them from your life. Walk away from them. Quit doing them. Now, that's much easier said than done. But the bottom line is that God gives us the power to say no to sin and yes to his anointing and to his presence. Crave the word. How does a newborn baby crave milk? I've learned as a grandpa that there's basically three things. A child's going to get a little bit upset when the diaper needs to be changed and when it's hungry. And for whatever reason it wants to cry, it's going to cry let you know he's still there or she's still there. But the hunger thing really gets to them. About every two hours, they want something to eat. And some of you are wondering why the refrigerator door opens every two hours. It's because it's in a habit, a routine. And, and so we are to crave spiritual milk. The spiritual word of God builds us strong. You say, well, why milk is so important? Well, milk helps build bones. And it also keeps farmers in, in business. And so uh, milk is not a bad thing. And so you'll say, well, I don't drink milk. I, I drink almond milk. It's still something very similar because it gives you good stuff. Soy milk. How many of you tried some of these new stuff? You've you tried some of them. Okay, some of you are scared to death of it. It's not bad. It's not bad. The word of God is a nourishing agent to our souls. The word of God brings nourishment to our spirit to lift us up. We are in the process of growing. We're in the process of growing. As the body of Christ, we must grow. We must be growing and not being stalemated. You'll say, but pastor, I, I just don't have the drive to read the word like I once used to. I, I, I'm not hungry for the word. I'm not thirsty for the word. I, I'm just, it, it's just not there. What's the deal? Well, what's the first part of the verse say? It says, therefore, rid yourself. That means get rid of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, and every kind of evil. Get rid of it. Just get rid of it. So I propose to you that if, if, if your desire for the word is, is kind of lacking, it's probably because one of these things have come into your life and it's blocking you from the presence of God. It's blocking you from the desire to read the word. And so there's a battle going on for all of us. There's a battle that we can't see. It. It's in the sky and that God loves us and cares for us. Satan wants our attention. He wants to drag us off so that we have eternal damnation, eternal hell with him. And our carnal flesh just wants to party. 
It just wants to do anything else other than the presence of God. And so the battle is always going on. But God has called us to be a growing people. And, and we, we have the word of God that gives us nourishment of our spiritual soul. You see, faith is built by reading the word of God. The word transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. You cannot transform yourself in the image of Jesus Christ, but the Word of God can. The Word of God can literally set you free from the bondages of those sins that we just spoke about in the first verse. It's exciting to know, the scripture goes on and says, as you come to Him, the living stone, Jesus, as you come to Jesus, He was rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Say it with me, holy priesthood. Holy, holy priesthood. priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become a capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. A building. We, we are growing, and we are a building. We are a building. I am amazed at the scriptures and how they come together. Isaiah talks about a precious cornerstone. Prophetic word of Jesus coming. So the Old Testament isn't off by itself. It is reinforced by the old. And, and the new reinforces the old as well. And so we are in the process of being a building. God is building a living temple. Inside of us, the Holy Spirit lives within us, and we are the, the living temple of God. And we must recognize that Jesus is the living stone. And so when Jesus comes into our heart, things really begin to take shape. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse uh, 16, it says, Don't you know? That you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. That you are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you. Now Paul's writing that to the Christian church. And he's saying you are the temple. And uh, there's been a lot of songs written about you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit lives within you. And, and all of those different phrases that, that brings amazing strength to the body of Christ as we sing and as we worship God together. And it's exciting to look at it. Paul also wrote in the Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. In verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become 
a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The cornerstone. What is the cornerstone? Today you have modern buildings and you'll look at them and they'll have a, a, a cornerstone that has the date of when the building was built on it. It may be the dedication date when it was dedicated. But there's a whole lot more to the cornerstone. I have to be careful today of how I explain this cornerstone and this masonry work because I have a master masonry person here who has spent probably 50 years doing concrete work and, and laying brick and laying block. And, and uh, I've had the privilege to watch him work and, and be around him when he's working. And the cornerstone is the, the very first stone that is placed on the foundation. And you don't just put it there. You, you square it up, you line it up, you do everything possible to make sure that it's perfectly square and perfectly <coughs> level. And it's exactly where you want it because the entire building is then arranged off of that one block, that cornerstone, that one stone, that one piece that you've laid first. And if that's out of line, if it's only just a quarter inch, I, I worked in a machine shop once and we had to do things within a thousandth of a tolerance. Now a thousandth of an inch is pretty, pretty minute. And I left that job to go work at a cabinet shop, and they said, anything within a quarter inch is great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, so when you do with thousands of tolerance and you go to a quarter inch, that's like a million miles difference in sizes. But the, but the cornerstone, so you say, but, you know, it's close enough, Pastor. It's only a quarter inch out of line. What's that quarter inch do when you build that building 100 foot long? That quarter inch just keeps getting larger and larger and larger and larger. And pretty soon, it's completely wrong. So the cornerstone has to be perfect. It's not just, is it okay? Is it, it's, you know, close enough? You know, it's close enough. It's kind of like horseshoes and hand grenades. It's close enough. No, no, no. It can't be close. It's got to be perfect. Isaiah says the precious cornerstone Referring to Jesus. When we build our life on the perfect, precious cornerstone, Jesus, everything else works out. When, when you continue to build and, and the plumb line is placed, the plumb line is the string that comes from the top down and there's a weight there. And you measure from the plumb line to get the distance proper. And when you go up with the course of brick, you, you have a string on the outside that's keeping you in line with the other ones that you've laid, but then also you have a, the level that you're leveling each row of block that you go up the wall with. You keep on leveling and making sure it's right, and you adjust the mud on this level to offset the out-of-balance on this level, and you just constantly, constantly, constantly are meticulously keeping track of where you're going and how you get there. The Holy Spirit is the great mason in your life. The Holy Spirit puts the, the cement together. He helps you line up the block in your life that you build a strong building in Him. We are a building. 
And it is, why are we building it? We are the living stone Jesus. We're building it on his principles, his lifestyle, and so that we, we are a spiritual household to be a holy priesthood. You see, the temple was a place where the priests showed up and they worked. They did the work of the ministry. They taught people. They preached the word of God. They, they shared the plan of God with people. And we are the building. We are the temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are being built into this temple. And God wants to do a great work in our life. You'll say, well, why do we have a temple? It goes on. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. What's it say? Abstain. As dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Notice it says the day he visits us. It doesn't say he may visit us. It says it's going to happen. And I think it's important that we live our entire life recognizing the fact that things are going to happen in our lives. You see, it's the process of sacrificing. For you are a chosen people, a holy priesthood, a nation of people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. You are a priesthood, a priesthood. You're set apart. God has set you apart to do what? To share what Jesus has done in your life. You are a priesthood. And some of you are at home and, and you just do not want to get out and get involved in this virus. And I fully understand that. But you're still a priesthood even in your own home. You're still a priesthood as you respond to the things in your life, giving God praise in spite of the ugliness of having to stay at home most all the time. God's still there for you and he's still helping you get through it. But we are a chosen people, a royal chosen. What's it mean to be chosen? It means to be picked out of a large crowd. And the sacrifice, what's the word sacrifice? We, we are to give a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? When everything's going great. I mean, everything's going great. And you say, praise the Lord. That's normal. That's the way it should be. When things are halfway right, Praise the Lord. When the cat got ran over, the dog died of cancer, you got a flat tire, and you're late for work, what do you do? You praise the Lord and have a couple funerals. You say, Pastor, that's not realistic. No, you have to admit that you know, all those bad things have happened to you, but you don't have to allow the circumstances of life to bother you the point where you cannot say praise the Lord. You say, Pastor, I, I believe that's sacrilegious. 
No, you're giving a sacrifice of praise. You're not going out slaughtering an animal and bringing it in and putting it on an altar. But in your heart, you want to murmur and complain because that's what your carnal flesh wants to do. It wants to murmur and complain. And I, that would be a great place for people to say amen right now. Okay, so I'm going to try that again. Your carnal flesh wants to murmur and complain. Amen. Now, you that didn't say amen, I'm going to say it again. You can say oh me. The carnal flesh loves to murmur and complain. Don't say it. <laughs> because we all fight that at times. We all fight that at times. And I just want to encourage you that God said to give him praise no matter what. And if we'll give God praise no matter what, he'll be there to help us through the hard times. And he will receive the sacrifice. I also read the scripture verse that talks about abstaining from evil. We are to abstain. That is a fancy 50 cent word. It just literally means to stay away from. Abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Well, I don't see any bazookas going on. I don't see warfare. I don't see fighter jets flying over. I, what do you mean there's a war? There is a war for your soul that's in the sky. Demonic forces want to take you down. Your carnal flesh wants to get you murmuring and complaining because if you murmur and complain, you are setting up yourself to be a grouchy person. And believe me, the only person that wants to be a grouchy person don't think you want him around. So desire the things of God and don't become overwhelmed with simple desires for the things of the world. Abstain. God calls us to abstain from all ungodliness. Abstain from, from those things that are sinful and to know that righteousness will prevail if we'll live for God all of our lives. To abstain. You'll say, Pastor, it's hard. Yes, it is. But God's grace and God's power is greater than what you are struggling with today. God's grace and God's power is greater than what you're struggling with today. And you say, well, what are we to do? Well, let's go on with the scripture. It says, verse 13, submit yourselves to the Lord's sake, to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors, who are set by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love your brotherhood of believers. Fear God and honor the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. 
To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins. Get this now. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Awesome. For you were like sheep gone astray, but now have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. What a mouthful of scripture. So what are we to do? We're to submit. We are to submit not only to God, not only to God, but we are to submit to those in authority over us. We're, we're going into election in November, and we are, are asking the body of Christ to, to vote as they would feel God would have them to vote. And we are to submit to those in authority over us as long as they do not ask us to do something that's illegal or immoral. Your employer pays your salary every week. It's important that you give 100% of your time to the Lord. It doesn't matter what other people do on the job. It doesn't matter that they don't do their job and you have to pick up the slack. Don't you worry about that. Because you are working as under the Lord. You're not working for that company. And if you'll work as under the Lord, God will provide you. God will move you on. And God will give you the ability to have a good attitude to that person who's a slacker. You see, a tremendous amount of the workforce today are slackers. And then there's a small percentage of people who are destroyers. They will do anything in their power to destroy the very job that they're working at. And then there are a few people who are constantly on time, always there, never letting anything discourage them. I would encourage you to be that person that is always on time. And if you're not on time, you let people know, I'm coming, I will be there, I had this happen, and I'm on my way. You say, but pastor, they know that there's a problem with what's done. No, it's so important that you take consideration of other people. And some of you are taking consideration of other people. You're staying home because you don't know if you was involved with germs this week, and you don't want to come and share them here at church. And I appreciate that. And, and we must recognize that we must be considerate for the needs of others and do what we can do to bless them. We are to submit ourselves to the Lord and to, to the authorities that's before us and, and do what we can do to bring peace and harmony in the world we're living. Live as men who've been set free from the power of Satan. But don't use your freedom to continue to do sinful things. Use your freedom to glorify God. Submit yourselves to those in authority over you, and God will bless you. That is the key to this whole thing. God will bring the promotions at the right time. I had an individual share with me this past week that he had to go through a, 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 a salary reduction plan. 
in his life. And he just said, okay, I've got to figure out how to do this, so God, you're going to have to help me. He didn't murmur and complain. He took the salary reduction and kept on working. He kept on praising, kept on working, kept on praising. He needed a pickup truck, and he just was looking for a good truck. And he found a $70,000 pickup truck. Yeah, I, I, I know, I joked on that. I couldn't believe they made such a thing, but he told me it was a $70,000 pickup truck, brand new. A couple years old with 70,000 miles on it. And he got it for less than $25,000. So he said, okay, I gave up my salary, and I, and I didn't complain about it. I gave up that portion of my salary. I gave God praise anyways, and I... I truly did not get bitter towards the company because they cut my salary. He said, but look how God's blessed me with this beautiful truck that, that is exactly. So he goes and he puts money down on a, on a trailer, a house trailer, uh, RV, what do you want to call it? Well, RVs have the motors in it. This is just a trailer. And he goes home that night, signs the paperwork, gives him down payment, goes home that night and can't sleep at all. His wife can't sleep at all. Next morning they call and say, forgive us. We have to come and ask for our money back. And they said, fine, not a problem. We understand. This happens from time to time. No harm in here. You did it honestly. That's fine. Three days later, his wife found a trailer that was three years old that had been delivered from the dealership to the driveway of this house. And they were the next people to buy it. Brand new, never lived in. The people got it, they got sick, and it just sat there for three years with a tremendous amount of savings. He said, so, you think I'm missing my salary? Not at all. God brought it back to me time and time again. I want to encourage you to submit to God, submit your finances to God, submit your life to God, and submit your attitude to God. Always ask God to give you a good mental attitude, and if you will, you will see great things happen in your life. God is still doing miracles. God is still healing people. God is still on the throne. And you'll say, but pastor, we have to die somehow, some way. It has to happen. Yes, but our days are ordained by God. And I want to be able to die happy and praising God. Brother Sindel, one of my professors at college, he said, you know, we was on the mission field and we got down to our last dollar and 39 cents. He said, I knew at the ice cream store that's what it costs to feed my family ice cream. So you know this has been a long time ago. And he said, we get down to our last dollar and 39 cents. He said, I went to the ice cream store and bought my whole family ice cream. And he said, it was our last dollar. He said, I figured if we were going to die, we were going to die happy. <laughs> so I want to encourage you, God is with us in every storm of life. And he will help us. Let's pray. Father God, we are grateful today for the word of God that says that we are growing in you, that we, you are building up a temple within us, and, and we are in the process of sacrificing praise when it's not easy. And Lord, we are abstaining from the sins of this world, and we're submitting to the power of the Holy Spirit and to the glory of God. Lord Jesus, may your Holy Spirit drive this message home to our hearts today that we will be worshipers, that we will be the holy priesthood you call us to be, that others will come to know Christ through our life. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege 
Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have in serving you. There's nothing, Lord, on the face of the earth that's more important than for us to declare that we are the Lord's and he rules and reigns in my life. Thank you, Lord, for loving us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you are struggling with, with life situations, I just encourage you. Some of you will say, Pastor, I'm at the end of the road. What do I do? Just make sure you don't get to the very end. When you look in life and you say, man, I'm getting into the road, hold on with one hand. Do your best to take the other hand and build a knot at the end of the rope and just hold on. It's difficult at times, but God's grace and his mercy is greater than the circumstances we face. And we've got to tell ourselves that. We've got to believe it. And we've got to walk in faith. If you'll walk in faith, God will beat you. I just encourage you to keep on walking. Keep on giving God praise, and he'll be there for you. He loves you with a great love and compassion. Have a great day. So good to have you viewing with us today. Give us a call if we can help you in any way. God bless you.